This is Francesca Morfini, and you're listening to Femme Studios. In this podcast, I sit down with women from Toronto, artists, entrepreneurs, and leaders in their own fields who have made a mark in the city and beyond. We talk about their career and growth, how they got to where they are today, and all the little learnings they picked up along the way. Jackie Kankam is the Director of Sustainability and Social Impact at Dacia, also known as the Abnormal Beauty Company. Sustainability is by far one of the most relevant, but also sadly misconstrued topics today. So you can see why I was curious to know what a Director of Sustainability for a beauty company actually does. Jackie answers exactly this question and tells me about how she got into sustainability work to begin with. We also talk about best practices when managing a team and the aspects of culture at Desiem that have allowed for her to feel supported in taking risks and ultimately making an impact in her field. I wanna start from the beginning, um, but before that I wanna get a sense of like, what do you actually do in your job as a sustainability director? Yeah, so since actually we first um, connected, my scope, well, the title of my scope has expanded a bit. So now it's Director of Sustainability and Social Impact. Um, and then I also co-chair our DEI board with our amazing VP of People, Ashley. Um, so what do I do? Ooh, I, I love that question because um, the way sustainability and social impact goes, it's more of like, what don't you do? Because to truly be a sustainable company, but also looks at the social impact of its God, it's production, it's use, it's everything, it's, you know, it's world, um, you essentially weave your way into all parts of the business. So when it comes to sustainability, we're really working to help Desiem um, make the least impact on earth and animals. Like, it's a really easy way to say it. And then when it comes to social impact, I'd say we're trying to use our growth to power good. And that's across sustainability too, that's one of our values. Um, so we really look at our impact on packaging, water, waste, obviously climate change. And then the social impact piece is we have um, a fund called the Good Fund that really looks to uplift both established and grassroots charities and really look at like a lot of our initiatives and say, okay, we're, we've taken care of that um, from an environmental point of view, but what else can we do to use our growth to power good from a social impact point of view? And what I'm really like blessed at Desium is then I get to put the DEI lens on that. So a great example is our climate strategy. So like many companies, we're worried about our impact on climate change. So we use renewable energy credits. We use uh, renewable energy in some of our stores in Europe where we're actually allowed to like directly. It's quite easy there. And uh, then we're looking at ways in which we can reduce using energy at the source. So if you think about that, that's pretty straightforward. That's energy. That's, you know, not dissimilar to many companies. We were net zero for our scope one and two in 2020. But what we did was also look at, okay, if we want to use our growth to power good, climate change isn't isn't just a DSAM problem. It's a worldwide problem. So what can we do to help other communities? So as a result, we um, donated to help um, an Indigenous community in northern Labrador move from diesel energy to solar panels. They were able to put solar panels on four of their community centers, or they're going to be able to. It's going to, construction will start next year. 
So we're also helping them and we will not take credit for that. There's many amazing partners on there, but we're like, let's also use our growth to power good to help this community move to more renewable energy as well. Um, and we're, we're super excited for that project because they're also teaching um, the youth on how to install these solar panels and maintain them. So it's not just someone comes in and installs by, it's like, how do we also ensure that the energy transition itself is inclusive? Mm, wow, mm. That, is, that really is like a super wide scope. Um, job. Yeah, I love it. Dream job. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you mentioned D and I at some point. What What is that? Yeah. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Got you. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, let's go back for a second. Like, how do you get to this point of being at this dream job? Um, can you tell me a little bit about kind of what you studied and the jobs you had before that and kind of how it took you to here? Yeah. So I started off in, um, I've got to tell the story so often. Anyone who like listens to me is like, we've heard it. Um, but I started off in, in um, business. I grew up in Winnipeg, moved to Toronto, was in business, did not do well, moved to the big city. was like, oh, there's clubs here. Like, why would I go to school? Academic probation my first year. And I was like, okay, I'll move back to Winnipeg. I'll take international relations. I've always loved language and traveling. And then legitimately last minute, I was like, I just can't do it. I can't have my story end because I failed at something. It's just, I'm very competitive with myself. So I said, like, I'm gonna go back to Toronto. And since I registered late, I got into the environment end of all my classes. And I used to make fun of people in environment. Um, I'm not that old, but back then it wasn't like it is now, right? Um, so I was like, oh, you're going to school to hug trees. And then I get into them and I fall in love. And my family is worried or like you're thinking environment like two west african ganyan parents are like you're never going to get a job there's interventions i'm like no i got this i got this they're like so you're going to be a hugger this isn't going to work 100 <laughs> percent, right they're like you know doctor lawyer only way to go i don't know no I, I got this have faith had faith i had no faith i was like i'm just gonna try and um i used to live by the old imperial oil building on off of saint Clair, and it, it sounds really weird with someone from my background but i i quickly realized um there's two ways to go. I could go the nonprofit, the, the Greenpeace route, and I respect people who do that. But I was like, you know what? If my if I go into a company that and an industry that arguably needs this the most, maybe I can make some impact. So I moved to Alberta and I worked in oil and gas and oil sands for years. And then um, oil, and I worked at like a site. So they flew me up Mondays, flew me home Thursdays for three years. I did a lot of compliance work. Like, this is what the government says we need to do. Are we doing it? And I got amazing experience. And I got like dirty, like great, like on the ground experience of how things work. Um, and then oil crashed. And I was like, I, I, you know, I kind of want to be back in Toronto anyway. Um, so I moved back to Toronto. And then I went into sustainability from a corporate real estate end. And I have a lot of friends who love buildings. Myself, I find it found it incredibly boring. Like a building is a building, right? Like they're they're around forever. And to me, that I miss that like innovation and that fast pace of it. I've always loved to travel. I had a goal to hit every continent before I was 30. And I was like, oh, Air Canada. So I got so lucky. They were hiring, um, met, had a chat with my who would be my future boss before, you know, closed, completely fell in love with her, moved to Air Canada, was there for just under three years. COVID hits. Um, not a great time for aviation and the Desium opportunity popped up and I was like, you know what, this is an opportunity to go to um, very different from all my past experience. I was going to Desium is quite young, right? We're eight years old, just over eight years old. 
and incredibly agile. And that agility allows you, especially for someone in my role, to just move so quickly, um, especially from a social impact side, you get to like push the envelope a bit um, and just move quick with a lot of these issues where you need that, right? Um, so yeah, led me to Desiem and I've been here for just over a year. Um, what do you think, uh, you know, allows this company to be so agile despite, you know, being and no longer being a startup? I think uh, it's two things. I think it's our leadership team. And I will say this up and down. We have the best leadership team. Um, I was actually just on a call with um, a, a new VP and we were talking. She comes from more of a corporate background as well. And we were talking about just how our leadership team allows experts to lead. So there's no, we have just a, our, our values are humbleness and kindness. And when you have that and you're in a room and you have a leadership team that legitimately is like, hey, well, like if that didn't work, the world's not going to end. I have, I reported into the chief brand officer and she's on maternity leave and she's essentially left me and said, hey, if you need help, talk to these people, but you're on your own for the next six months. And I was talking to her, I was like, oh man, like, you know, what if I make a wrong call? And she says to me like, so you make a call that I wouldn't make. The world's not going to end, Jackie. It's fine. And, you know, that sounds really funny and really basic. But if you think about what what she's instilling in me is trust. And when you have that trust that, you know, you can you can be crazy and you can be agile and you can move quick. And you know what? If something doesn't work out, I have your back. That allows you to be agile because you're not worried about, like, covering your bases and what if this doesn't land. And when you give that trust to people and you let them move with their spidey sense and you have great people you get Desiem, you get great products, you get an agile organization, you get an organize, a company that's the most loved skincare company in North America. Like that's what you breed. Right, yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, It sounds like an amazing work environment. Yeah, I'm really spoiled, like truly spoiled. <laughs> um, I, I, and I, I, I say. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like, there's just such a lack of ego, even like I was talking to my, we're, we're going for B Corp or we're trying to go for B Corp uh, and submit early next year. And even my COO, we're doing some work and he's like, I'm going to attend because I want to learn, but it's all your call. And I'm like, that's the thing. Like, and what, what organization would a CEO take humbleness, integrate humbleness to the point where it's like, I, I am not here to direct. I am here to like, listen and have that self-awareness and that confidence to admit when that's what the organization needs. So yeah, we're, I'm very spoiled. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, we're here to support you versus do what we tell you to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are the skills that, um, you, you developed over the years that have allowed for you to be like really killing it at your job right now? <laughs> um, I think, um, when you look at people with, in this, this, um, this background, what we were missing was um, the brand angle. And I don't say the brand angle in that greenwashing, right? I don't say it in that, um, like, how do you make something catchy? I say it more that you have, you know, very technical people. And what I used to get was like that technical knowledge. But being able to communicate it in a way to your customers that they understand, that's not greenwashy. And having that sense of like, oh, that's greenwash. Do you know what I mean by greenwashing? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that's, that's not greenwashy. So I'd say my time at Air Canada was really outward focused. So really I learned how to communicate things in a concise way that really relayed a message that was transparent. And luckily at Desiem, 
we are founded on transparency. Um, so I'd say being able now to really blend that that technical knowledge with that communications knowledge with that brand focus to say like, when this is going out to the customer, what's the best way for them to really understand and learn this? And when do we shout from the rooftops and when do we not? So for example, um, we've had, this will be our third year of doing something for November, um, an anti-Black Friday campaign, because you know what it's like, and I used to be part of it. Black Friday comes, something's like a dollar. I'm like, I don't know if I need this, but it's a deal and I buy it. And that's not DCM. We're founded on education, L&D and transparency. So even this year, really weaving in that um, that anti-overconsumption message, move slow uh, and buy things that you need, where if you think about like most corporations do, it's November, buy, 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 spend, spend, spend. And that's just not DCM. We're all about education and learning. Um, and I think because of that, it also makes my job easier because you have a leadership team and you have like that humbleness where people want to learn. So they will come up to you and they're okay to admit, like, I don't know packaging, for example, like we're coming up with this. Um, I don't know what's environmental impact. Can you help us with that? Versus that like a lot of places where you're not invited, especially in our profession, my profession, you're not invited into the room. You're just not there. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's just this like, wow. It sounds like just this like overall, like very easy, like process throughout, which I guess is exactly what agility is. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, okay. What advice would you give yourself when you started off? Ooh, I, this question's always so tricky, man. I've been through in my short, I like to say short, cause I like to think I'm still like 20 something, but in my short career, I've been through three oil downturns and a pandemic. And I think the first, <laughs> when I when I started, I think it was my second job when I worked at an oil sand site, I started and I was doing really well at my last company. I start and legitimately the next week, they merge with another big oil company and they're like layoffs. And I'm like, oh my God, I just bought my first condo. Yeah. And I'll never forget. I'm like, I just bought my first condo. I still have student loans. And um, I was at site and our, who I, I love him, um, uh, our SVP of um, uh, of oil sands or in situ, whatever. Anyway, we're talking and I was like, hi, Mike. <laughs> I just bought my first condo. You're talking about layoffs. I was doing really well at my last job. I, I was literally the last hire. I'm like, I was the last hire. Am I going to lose my job? And he's like, hey, we'll let you know in the next couple of weeks. Like, don't worry. And then it was really, really sweet. And I think that's the first time I really saw kindness from a C-suite perspective. When they made the decision, he he comes to my trailer and he comes, knocks on the door, he's like, hey, did someone get a hold of you? And I was like, yes. And he's And he's like, you know, you're good. I'm like, yeah. And he just was that leader. So, and I remember being like so stressed out. And then the next downturn hit and I was like, still stressed out. I think at that point I bought like a townhouse. So I was like, oh, I keep, it's like I buy real estate and then the world ends. Um, so when it happened in Air Canada with the pandemic, I was like, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Like things will work out. And I would love to, like, I think I'd love to have told my younger self, like, it'll be okay. But I also recognize that I had to go through those experiences to know that it will be okay. Right. Like I was younger. I had to, I had to go through that. Um, and I think from a DEI perspective, a diversity perspective, it's kind of like when you look back on your life, and I'm sure we all do it, you realize at some point you weren't treated fairly. And I, I you have these moments right now, I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, that person very much was stereotyping me. 
like then I can look through that from like schooling where I'm like, huh, I was called aggressive and I wasn't doing anything. Mm. And in some hands, I look back on my career and wish I had used my voice more. But I also know that I say that because it's 2021 Jackie who lived through all that to make her the 2021 Jackie who will use her voice now. So I guess I would tell my younger self, you're going to go through ups and downs and you're going to sometimes wish you used your voice and sometimes wish you were more calmer when, when you know, you're faced with these large like industry, like if you think about Calgary, when there's a downturn, it's everybody. That is an oil and gas city. It is everybody being worried. Um, at a global pandemic, of course I was worried. I worked in aviation, everyone was worried, but I, I just would tell myself, it all works out in the end and you're gonna be fine. Yeah, it's like you had to go through those experiences to prove to yourself that you really are that resilient. Exactly. And, and, mm -hmm. and it just works out, like it works out. Like. I didn't know when I entered this field, I got very, I say, like, I got lucky. I didn't know that we'd be right now in a place where like every government and arguably every company is, has a sustainability target. And then you have customers who are asking you, what are you doing? And they're using their dollars to make a difference. Like, like you look at examples, companies listen, right? There's these, Hey, Twitter campaigns where it's like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to cancel that. Um, I would never have thought the sustainability would be where it's at. Arguably, it's because we need it because we can literally see the world changing and it's not debatable anymore. And it's really, really sad, but people recognize that. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, you know, I think a lot of people will say, like, I was in the right time at the right place, but it it doesn't, like, give credit for all the hard work that you put into yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, like, everything works out. Um, what do you think was like absolutely essential, whether it's something you did or a part of your personality or, you know, anything like that, that had you not done it, there's no way you would have been able to be where you are today. Ooh, that's hard. I think it's the resilience. Um, when I first started Air Canada, <laughs> within like two months, my first day was attending like this, like, meeting with leaders from of environment from like the best Canadian companies. And my boss was in like, I think she was in Hong Kong. And she's like, hey, so you go to this meeting, they look at me and they're like, hey, Jackie, what's Air Canada's position? And I'm in Vancouver and I literally am like, I'm on my personal MacBook. I've worked here for two hours. I think this is, and she threw me in and we laugh now. And she'll literally go, I can't believe I did that. But I, I credit her so much in my career because it taught me how to be so self-sufficient and literally like threw me into something that I just, I know I wouldn't be the same Jackie if I didn't have her in that job. Um, but I think a linchpin for me was, I also got asked to present in Paris on our environmental strategy, I think like two months into Air Canada, like maybe. And it's all senior people and it's a lot of their business <laughs> in Paris and I present. I don't think I did a good job. This is, people are still to say like, you did a great job. I'm like, I did an okay job maybe because I'd been there for two months and for all these reasons. And because I'm tough on myself, I was like, that's never happening again. So because of that, I was like, I need to learn how to public speak with confidence. And it's really serendipitous because my last, uh, I'd say big meeting at, at Air Canada, I presented in front of, I don't know, probably two or 300 people. And I am really bad at compliments, one thing I need to work on. And I presented and it went really well. And I got off the stage and I remember a woman coming up to me and saying like, I've worked here for 30 years. You made me cry out of pride. Like, 
And then literally, I think it was February. So it was legitimately the end. So I'd say that experience really taught me how to, like I said before, communicate, but how to public speak. And I think more and more when you're, what you're seeing with sustainability and social impact and DE&I, people want to hear from authentic people. Like they want to hear from people. Like you have to be able to talk about your story um, and it has to be authentic and true. Um, and because of my experience and the leadership in Desiem and this ability to be like, hey, you go and you talk and our consumers who are so engaged, we have such an engaged consumer base who want to hear from us. I have the ability now to hopefully, I think, communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, having lived through those like really stressful seeking uh, situations, <laughs> um, how, how how did you handle it? Like, what, what do you do now? I'm more comfortable. Um, I, I like, I don't even like sometimes I'll practice, but I don't even, uh, I think I just am so passionate about what we do and I live it that it's easier. I, so I think the lesson there is do what you're passionate about and what you love. Cause when you do what you love and you're passionate about, it doesn't, it just, it comes through. And I, I that's the feedback I get. And I look at my team and I look at people at Desiem and I look at our CEO and our COO and our VP of people and my CBO. Everyone just wants to learn and everyone is just passionate about truly using our growth to power good, like our value, use growth to power good and care too much. And our head of partnerships in Europe, we were talking, she's like, I tell my team, it's our job to go out and find new partners so that we can get more revenue to help Jackie's team donate and use growth to power good. And I remember thinking like, what a dream. Like there's another leader who's telling her team like, hey, you should do this because I'm going to do more good in the world. How is it not a dream for someone in, like for anyone? Like that's like even the ability for her to tie, like to look at our holistic work and to frame it that way. And that was not like that was all her. I just like I'm so lucky to be here. Like we have such a good like just a good foundation of for our staff and for what we want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh man, you're making me want to work at this company. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, just to be conscious of time, the last question I have for you is what are your favorite spots in Toronto? Ooh, man. So this is so hard because COVID it used to be brothers and they've the uh, restaurant, they've changed to 22 Victoria. I haven't had a chance to go because their reservations are always uh, booked. Um, oh my god! I didn't know they moved to a new location. They, moved, they closed. No, they closed. Brothers. Brothers. They closed it. Yeah. So Brothers is my yeah. favorite restaurant. I love, love, love Kosan Road Thai food. I love it. Unfortunately, I moved to the East End and they don't deliver, so it's heartbreaking. Um, and I love. You're gonna laugh. Like Barry's Boot Camp. I love a good workout. Um, and I just moved to the East End, so to be honest, I'm still like exploring. Um, I love how all of my answers centered around food and working out because that's my life. Um, but I'm still exploring. Um, yeah, I, and I'm I'm excited to kind of get back out in the world, whether that's Toronto or globally, and start to travel again because I miss it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll have to check out Riverdale Park in the East End. It's beautiful. Oh, I do love Riverdale. I've been there, and I actually live just by Taylor Creek. And I did like a run there a couple of weeks ago. I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful." So, yes, definitely have to do more exploring. I find I'm trying to get like out of my COVID bubble of like staying home all the time and like start to venture out in the world. Took my first vacation last week. Um, 
so yeah, I think things are opening up, but um, those are probably my favorite for now. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much. Honestly, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And um, yeah, thank you.